0: If you're visiting this morning, we do have visitors' cards in front of you. You could fill those out, let us know who you are, so that we can thank you uh, for the blessing of visiting us today. Um, A few announcements as we begin. Immediately following our service, we are having a shower for Catherine and Russ Moody. They are expecting baby Wren. She will be here in December. So everyone's invited. There's plenty of food um, for us to share together, so... Don't forget about that. Next Sunday at 6 o'clock, we are having a chili cook-off. So whatever your best chili recipe is, make that. Bring it next Sunday night at 6, and we will all enjoy it. I don't know who the judges are. I don't know how the judging process is going to go, but we will work on that and declare some winners, okay? Good weather for chili. Reverb for our students is the 17th and 18th of this month. It's already November. You got that extra hour last night, right? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, last day to sign up for Reverb is today. It is an all-night, fun, exciting student event. Uh, The gospel is shared. Um, Our students have done this annually for several years now, so See Bryson if you have uh, any questions. He's out today sick, uh, but you can see him, text him, email him if you have any questions about reverb. Uh, and then, last but not least, One Night in Bethlehem is December the 9th and 10th, and Crystal has asked me to announce that sign up sheets are in the welcome area. So, if you're not familiar with One Night in Bethlehem, it is, well, surely all of you pretty much are <laughs> familiar with One Night in Bethlehem. but. Uh, it's a walking tour through Bethlehem that we enact every year as a way to share Christ and the gospel, and volunteers are needed across the board. Uh, If you want to know more about it, please see me or Crystal, but sign-up sheets are back in the back. Continue to pray for Marcia and Terry Harper. Of course, Marcia's been in the hospital for a while now. The plan is to go to Bremen uh, for rehab in the next couple of days. Pray for strength. Pray for her to eat and have an increased appetite. Then Stephanie's mother, Miss Joe Washburn, is at rehab in Noonan. I know that we've been praying for them for some time. And Billy Vaughn is good to see you here this morning as well, brother, with your son Jeff. We pray that Billy would continue to improve and be strengthened as well. Debbie's good to see you back after some time away and in surgery. And I know there are others, so I'm gonna hush before I get in trouble from not including somebody. So Bill Grissett, our favorite Alabama fan, why don't we stand as Bill, let's welcome Bill, Miss Avon. <laughs> he's got his shirt on too, uh, Bill's going to pray for us and read God's word to get us started this morning, thank you Bill.
1: Thanks Neil. Um, I'm going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, this is, Neil picked out another great ver- cha- uh, passage for us to read this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and read that. I'm reading from the ESV. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you. Uh, we just thank you for fall. We thank you for uh, the time change. We thank you for the blessings that you have poured out on us as a church, as individuals, as a family, God. We pray for all of the needs that are in our community, but in, in, this body right here in our family, Father, all those who are sick, for those who are in the hospital or rehab, Father, we just pray you would be with them, heal them. Uh, Father, we pray for all of the things that are happening in the world. We pray for what's going on in the Middle East with Israel. Father, we pray you would just be um, mightily in all of that, Father, and just bring uh, bring about peace. Um, God, we pray that you would bring uh, people who are trying to cause a lot of problems in the world down and bring them low, Father. We just uh, we love you. We thank you. Pray that you be with Neil. Pray that you be with Catherine. The choir be with all of those who are leading in worship today. And Father, we pray that our our um, worship would be acceptable in your sight. Father, be with those who are running AV and uh, the sound and and all the people who are working in the nursery. Father, we just pray that you would just be with all of us, keep us safe, and help us to. Father, just to learn and to grow at your feet this morning, Father. We thank you and ask this in your name. Amen.
2: Good morning. We're going to begin worship this morning with singing. We have come into this house. Lord Jesus See Dressed in his righteousness up. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you so much for just allowing us to come into this house um, and gather in your name and worship you this morning, God. Lord, uh, we open the service with praying and singing and um, just proclaiming to you that we just wanted to forget about ourselves and and worship you, God. Lord, um, I thank you for Lord Jesus and the price that he paid at Calvary for us and that three days later he arose, God. And Lord, as we just open up the book of Isaiah this morning, I just pray that Your word speaks clearly to each one of us and finds um, a lodging place in our hearts, God, that we may honor and glorify and serve you, Lord. God, thank you for giving us a cornerstone that never moves, slips, falters, or fails, God, but that stands strong and holds us up through every situation and scenario life may give us, God. Lord, may you be honored and glorified in our time of study. Be with our children as they study as well. We love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. And children are going with Sarah Beth for Children's Church.
0: Okay, If you have your Bibles, please turn to Isaiah chapter 55. It should not be a surprise that we are in the book of Isaiah. We are highlighting certain chapters in this great prophetic book. Uh, last week was Isaiah chapter 53. Today, Isaiah chapter 55, we will work all the way until Advent uh, in Isaiah's prophecy. Now 53, 54, and 55 form a triad. Now what that means is there are three chapters in Isaiah that go together. In 53 last week, we looked in-depth at the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. We saw how sacrificial it is, how substitutionary it is. We saw the depth of his suffering and pain and what it accomplished on our behalf. So moving from the cross and the resurrection to, to Isaiah 55, What we have this morning is the announcement and the word communicating to everyone to come enjoy the benefits of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So this is hundreds of years before these events. These are prophecies. They are promises. And so Jesus fulfills this, and then we have the blessing of God's word which announces it, and makes it available and relevant to anyone who would listen, believe, and heed the good news. So Isaiah chapter 55, uh, to introduce this and to just kind of grab your attention, God would say to his people that classic line from the old movie Cool Hand Luke, back in the day, starring Paul Newman, Jeff, you know about Cool Hand Luke. We've talked about it. Remember the line? What we have here is a failure to communicate. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Those were, were the, the warden's words. Now, God is the God of communication, God speaks, God reveals. And God had told his people, reminded his people, spoken his people, but they just weren't listening. But God in his grace sends them into exile. He disciplines them, but he also brings them back and graciously makes available to them the blessings of his grace. So what we have in Isaiah 55 is the communication of God's news to his people concerning the benefits they can enjoy through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the suffering servant. So let's get get down to business. Isaiah 55.1. Ho! In the New American Standard. That is an interjection. Think Santa Claus at Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I think the NIV there has come. This is to draw attention. To have the element of excitement and surprise and emotion. It has an exclamation point at the end of the short two-letter word. So Isaiah 55 comes at us from the very beginning and it says... God has something very serious and important to say. And here it is. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why is the appeal? Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And why are you spending your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good. Delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I have made him... A witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to him and are safe. Nations will run to you. Because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon Notice that God is not just a God who pardons, He abundantly pardons. Neither are your, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth making it bare and sprout, furnishing seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it out. You will go out with joy. You will be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. And instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. And instead of the nettle or briars, the myrtle will come up. It will be a memorial to the Lord, an everlasting sign which will not Will not be cut off. Father, we are grateful for your kindness and grace, which allows us yet again to gather as your people, to hear your word, to sing your praises. And now we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would open up our hearts and minds to receive this word. It is your word. So may we, with reverence, acknowledge how sacred this time is, how important. This time is that actually, if we understand this passage, it tells us that a supernatural work takes place every time your word is read or taught or spoken or preached. You are here, and you are here in your words. May we hear them and obey. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, really what Isaiah 55 is, it is a description by God of the power and the nature of His Word. Isaiah 55 is God's Word explaining what His Word is and what His Word does. So, imagine yourself seeking to get to know someone better. Not necessarily a formal interview, but one of the questions you might could ask them is... um, How would you describe yourself? Another question you might ask them is, what would you like to be? What would you like to be? God is telling us in Isaiah 55 what his word will be. In fact, if you look specifically at verse 11, this is really... Let me grab my notes here. This is really the title that I'm working from today because God says to us in verse 11, So shall my word be. This whole chapter can be built around that issue, that doctrine. What is the word of God? And so as we work through Isaiah 55, I've got five actions, five works that God promises his work will be for you, for me, for all who will listen and heed this good news. And this is good news. And this good news is brought to us, I will remind us, through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. These are the benefits from the sacrifice of the suffering servant in Isaiah 55. So let's begin. Number one, through his word, God is calling us. Calling us. God, what will your word be? One thing it will be is it will be a call from God to us to come to him. Through God's word, he is calling us, every single one of us, and that is clear to me uh, just in verse 1. Because I don't know about you, but I'm one of those ones. And when the Bible breaks down the call of God, who is it to? It's to everyone. Uh, Paul said in Colossians 1, 27 and 28, "...warning every man and teaching every man that we may present every man complete in Christ." So the call goes out to everyone, but not everyone responds. Some do not heed the glad tidings. But the amazing thing is Isaiah 55 is this is broad. This is is not just Zion. This is not just Israel. This is not just God's covenant people. This goes out to who? To the nations. And it goes out to those who are what? Thirsty. To those who have... No money, no righteousness, no currency. Come and eat. Water is a basic necessity. We cannot live without water. Wine was representative and symbolic of the joy that you and I need. And milk is to nourish and strengthen our hearts and our souls. So the invitation is to come to water's, to come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. It is completely free. So this is a shocking and powerful announcement. Ho to everyone, to abundance. This is a grand feast without cost. is completely free, and all you got to do is show up. Now, for six years, I pastored a church in North Carolina, and I still take their monthly newsletters. The first few months that I got those newsletters, because I was here and just had just left there, man, the first few months when I'd get a newsletter, where is it? I brought one with me. Here it is. It's called The Voice. Man, I would comb through this thing to see what every detail, every person, what was going on. And then I've noticed human nature. The longer I'm gone, you know, I'll just, sorry, sorry, y'all. Don't keep up quite as well, but... This month, the announcement on the front of The Voice from Antioch Baptist Church caught my attention because they are announcing a feast. Listen, we need to all go. Saturday, November the 11th, from 6.30 to 10. We're going to meet for breakfast. Listen to what they're having. Select anything or everything, this is abundant, from a menu that includes scrambled eggs, Country ham, sausage, grits, cheese, biscuits, gravy, tomatoes, cooked apples, waffles, pancakes, fruit, yogurt, milk, orange juice, apple juice, coffee, tea, soda. Everyone is welcome. And bring a friend. (laughs) Man, if we had a church bus, I'd load us all up and we'd go enjoy breakfast together. And it's free. All you got to do is bring your hunger, all you got to bring is your thirst. That's just an announcement of an event. And honestly, we're too far away, so to speak. But man, when God gives this invitation to spiritual nourishment, be reminded that it is up close and personal. And every single one of us can respond to the gospel. You can respond to the preaching. You can respond to Christ. Romans 10 says the, 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 it's not as if we got to climb up into heaven and bring the Word down. And it's not as if we have to go into the, the, the world of the dead and bring it up. The, the Word is near us. It's in our hearts. It's in our minds. This is an abundant spiritual feast. An invitation to everyone. And the invitation is even to you. And even to me. If you're poor... If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, if you're exhausted, if you're malnourished, if you're needy, bring your hunger and your thirst. This is an amazing announcement to come to Christ, to come to the gospel. We understand the physical dimensions of this, but all this is really inviting us to the spiritual salvation and nourishment that a relationship with the living God will be for you and me. And here's the deal. It is available every time you personally read the Word of God, study the Word of God, hear the Word of God, take in the Word of God. When the Word of God is shared, this invitation is going out to our hearts and our minds and our souls. God is calling us through His Word. Number two. God is also confronting us through his word. His word confronts us. His word challenges us. His word convicts us. His word asks us some very invasive and personal questions. And here's the question in verse 2. Why? Why Why are we working so hard? And spending so much money on what God has decided and determined in advance will never truly satisfy your hunger and your thirst for God. That is a confrontational question. From the very beginning, what did God ask Adam? When Adam sinned against him, when the fall happened, God pursued Adam, he loved Adam, and he said, Adam, he said, where are you? Where are you? God knew where Adam was. This was not a question for God's information. It was a question for Adam to come to a realization that, that he had distanced himself and was alienated from God, and that's why he felt shame. That's why he felt Naked. That's why he and his wife are arguing, is that they were alienated from God. Why, Isaiah says, God says through Isaiah, are we spending money and wearing out our lives for what is not bread? What's not bread? True bread. Man lives not by bread alone, but by what? Every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. We have this inner void, this insatial appetite that only God can fill. He has put eternity in our hearts. So idols that you and I serve will render us extremely thirsty, extremely hungry, extremely poor, weary, empty, and exhausted. This is a helpful question. Why are you living the way you're living? I think God is honestly trying to help us see ourselves and our situation and it's his grace that does that. This sounds very familiar to the conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well. You have had four husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. You're very thirsty. You're very hungry within. If you come to me... You will have salvation and forgiveness in a life of worship and joy. Uh, Jesus issues a call to, to drink from him and to feed upon him to so many people in the Bible. But the first thing we have to do is see our condition, our situation for what it really is. And that's why the word of God serves for you and me like a mirror to show us our true nature our depravity, our sinfulness, our lack, that no matter what we do or what we accomplish, we're never going to be completely satisfied and at peace until we surrender our lives to God and to his Christ. So people will avoid the Bible to avoid seeing themselves for what and who we really are. But God refuses to let us off the hook. Love sometimes has to confront. God refuses to leave us in our fallen sinful condition. So he asks why? He says, come and listen. Eat what's good. Delight yourself in abundance. Life and life abundantly. Listen so that you can truly live. Right? He's confronting them. But then in the confrontation, there's the grace of an everlasting covenant through the mercy shown to David. You You're not wanting what you deserve, are you? No. Not if we know our true condition. I have no righteousness. I have no money. The only thing I have is his mercy. And it is only because of his mercy and grace that we're not consumed. So God confronts us with a question and then he directs us toward a covenant. And to me, this sounds a little bit like last Sunday in communion. Come to me and drink, take and eat. This is my, this is my body for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. Uh, benefit, believe, come to Christ and feed upon Christ and, and drink from Christ to have forgiveness and, and to be changed and to have everlasting life. He has set a witness who is a leader and a commander. I'm in verses 4 and 5 now if you're still with me. And many people, the nations, not just God's promised chosen people, but beyond that, the church, his chosen and elect church, will run to him and be saved because he has glorified the true son of David who is Jesus Christ. So he confronts us with reality, but then he gives us a hopeful place to run to in order to be saved. But before you will ever come... You must want it, and you must know that you want it. And the only way we, you'll ever know that you want it is to know you need it and to know the heart of hearts in your true condition. Or in your heart of hearts, be aware of your true condition. Hey, I, I think last Sunday I told you that Ginger Harper, who is not here this morning, but her father passed away, Mr. Gary Archer. Um, incredible person, incredible life. My grandfather knew him. He was always very encouraging to me, but hey... Gary Archer attended Rootville Road Baptist Church, and through Sunday school classes and interactions with people, there are, I think, 300 Garyisms. okay? This is incredible. No, I'm wrong. Pastor embellishment, guilty once again. 142. I was half right. These are profound words of wisdom from Gary Archer. So I started thumbing through some of these, and some of these you've heard, some of these I'd never heard. But I had this one on my mind, and I'm going to make a point with it. So bear with me. You don't know how you look until you get your picture took. Now you know the feeling. Somebody takes your picture, all right, and then, I don't have my phone, then then they show you the picture, and then first talk, do I look like that? <laughs> do I really look like that? <laughs> and the reality is we really do look like that, right? But we avoid... Our natural tendency is to avoid seeing ourselves for who we really are. We We see evil and sin in other people so well, but we don't see it in ourselves. And that's why you and I need to consistently go to God's Word. It will show you who you are really like and what you really are. You don't know how you look until you get your picture took by the mirror of the Word. Because you hear people say it all the time. Man, he's talking through Isaiah 55, and they're telling us to read the Bible, and they're telling us to pray, and they're telling us all that stuff. And then you walk right out the door and continue to get what you're getting because you keep doing what you're doing. That, that's another gearyism, by the way. And there's no adjustment. There's no change. Your biggest problem is the evil in you. My biggest problem is the evil in me. And if we would each see our own sin as the biggest problem around, then we are all getting somewhere. Why? Where? Who? God's Word confronts us. Let's move on. i got three more. I'm going to close it out in a way that hopefully we can all tolerate that. Number three, hey, this also goes against human nature. He's calling us. He's confronting us. He's commanding us through his word. So you might ask, well, okay, he gives us an invitation in verses 1, 2, and 3, and 4 and 5. But then in verse 6, he starts commanding us. Why did the invitation turn into a command? The reason for the shift is you and I are just, we're just that dumb. (laughs) We don't get the invitation, so then God resorts to the commandments. So he tells us, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked, which Romans 3 says is all of us, forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, and God will be comp- He is compassionate. He is forgiving. His word is speaking his heart. So he's commanding us to seek, right? Look for him. As he calls us, he commands us to call upon him. So he's drawing me, and he's commanding me. And then he's telling me, Repent. You're wicked. You need to turn from your ways. You're unrighteous. You need to turn from your thoughts. This is a personal command to every single human being because we are all born in unrighteousness. We are all born in wickedness, and we need to turn. This is repentance. And return to the Lord, and He will have compassion. And to God, He will abundantly pardon us. His his grace is greater than our sin. And while we were enemies, God demonstrated his love for us and then he sent Christ to die for us to save us. Look, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, declares the Lord. Here's what I think this is saying. If you and I were left to decide what to do with sinful human beings, our thought wouldn't be forgiveness. Oh, we would be done. Because by nature, we're, we're cruel. By nature, we're self-righteous. By nature, we lack grace and mercy. So what God is saying is that his thoughts are gracious. Yes, he is severe and holy. Oh, but he's extremely gracious and kind. But why do you think Romans 12 is so hard on us when it says never, never take vengeance on your, on your own? Leave room for the wrath of God. But love your neighbors. Be kind to them. Why is that in there? Because by nature we don't think that way. By nature we think make them pay. But God's ways aren't our ways. God's thoughts aren't our thoughts. It doesn't mean that they're just mysterious and beyond us. It means also that they're radically different from our natural thoughts. So he abundantly pardons. And he's extremely compassionate. And where you have been stubborn and rebellious, if you turn to him, he will forgive and move and change. We radically need these commands to seek, to call upon him and to forsake our sinful, corrupt, stubborn pride. You know, for a long time, I told you the story about a young person who was attending our church and our youth group years ago, and I called this person and asked them if they were interested in coming to church on this particular night. And the reply I got when I invited him was, "Nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good." I said, "Okay, that's fine." Well, that was years ago. Crystal's not in here, but. We got a call recently. There was a change of tune, a change of tone. And basically the message went something like this: "I'm not good. We've had X, Y and Z happen. Can y'all help us out? And this person who years ago said no, I'm good. Uh, when he said, I'm not good, can y'all help? Uh, what What should we do? Nah, man, you said you didn't need us. <laughs> nah, nah, we remember what you said 10 years ago. You, yeah, You were fine without us, so be without us. No, no. Because grace leads the way in the life of the Christian. And long story short, y'all, Us, we ministered and helped in a small way. We have to be commanded, though, because by nature we don't get it. By nature, we're not gracious. We have to be shown and told and revealed, because He does abundantly pardon. That's why we're called to seek Him and to call upon Him. I got to move on. This is throughout the Word of God. Number four, God is also creating us through His Word. We might could say uh, changing us, converting us. But just think about the power of the word. God spoke this universe into existence. Okay, He spoke it. And it, it was his, his word was the agency to create the universe. Let there be light and boom, there was light. The centurion came to Jesus and he said, Just speak the word. You don't have to go physically. Just say the word and, 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 and she'll be healed. She was healed. Lazarus, come forth. Raises the dead. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Meaning, God's word is not just information, it's not just descriptive, it is powerful, it is active, it creates life. That's why you and I have to do everything that we can do to take it in. Because when you, by faith, listen and take it in, it is transformative. By by God's word, not only did he create the universe, but by his word, he saves us. He he changes us. He sanctifies us through his word. He calls us home to himself through his word. His word is supernatural and powerful. That's why what I suggest to me and to you is that we don't let any of his words fall to the ground. Do not let any of his words fall to the ground. Because just as in verse 9 Ten, rain and snow come what they come down and water and nourish and create new life. And there's powerful seed and bread. His word goes forth and it will not return empty. It's his word. It's going back to him. And it will not return empty without working and succeeding in the matter for which he sent it out. So trust God's word to do the work in your heart and life and in the hearts and lives of other people. Don't let any of his words fall to the ground. This summer, Ben and I were playing Monopoly up in North Georgia in a cabin. Time to kill. Let's play Monopoly. Did you know that, I didn't know this, in Monopoly, one of those chance cards or one of those whatever cards it says that if you've got a pot in the middle, a, a kitty in the middle with, with a stack of money from people being in jail, that that one of the things that you're supposed to do when a certain card's flipped over is you throw all the money up in the air. <laughs> and then everybody playing Monopoly is supposed to try to catch this money as it falls from the air. And so what are Ben and I doing? I mean, I'm trying to catch that five hundred. <laughs> I'm trying to catch that hundred. Like we're scrambling. We're we're here, we're Man, Samuel said he, none of God's words should fall to the ground. There should be a hunger, there should be a thirst, there should be a desire. There should be this, this need, right? Because it creates, it moves, it works, it saves. And last of all, God is compelling us through his word. So if you're willing to allow the Word of God to call you, confront you, command you, and create in you, then you'll get to enjoy this last part. Here's what we're all looking for. To be compelled, look at verse 12, you'll go out with joy. Is that not what we're looking for? You'll be led forth with peace. The mountains, the world is alive. The mountains and hills break forth. Shouts of joy, the trees are clapping. Instead of the briars and the thorns, new life is growing up. It it, it ends in worship. It ends in praise. It will not be cut off. Man, the world is alive. And we're compelled to sing and worship and rejoice and to be at peace because of what God has done through His Word, which is Christ, and through His Word, which is the Bible that you and I read What he's sharing with us is that you will be changed from within and the whole world will come alive. Do you remember? I remember when my first son was born and we walked out into the parking lot and took that carriage and put it in the car, hooked it up in the back seat properly as we were trained. And here I am driving home. My wife's there. We got our first son, Eli. He's in the back. Everything felt right with the world. It felt like that sound of music. The hills are alive with the sound of music. I was Louis Armstrong. What a, what a wonderful world, right? For that brief moment, everything felt like it was the way it ought to be. You ever had a feeling like that? You may say, I've always longed for a feeling like that. This promises the servants of the Lord that one day there will be a feeling like that. We will have new bodies, we will be in a new heaven and a new earth. There will be joy. There will be peace. There will be happiness. The curse will be over. No more sin. No more sorrow. No more death. No more pain. But it will be God who will get all the glory, not you or me. It will be a lasting memorial to his name and his honor and his glory. We will be worshiping him forever and ever in the new heaven and the new earth. The only way to experience the life that 12 and 13 promises is to go through the earlier parts of the chapter and allow the Word to call you, allow the Word to confront you, allow the Word to command you, allow the Word to create in you a new heart and life and soul. And then you will be compelled not only into life with joy and peace, but into eternity with joy and peace. This is what God says His Word will be. This is what His Word will be. Let's pray. Father, thank you that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus embodied all of this. He became hungry. He became thirsty. He became poor, he became exiled and cast out. So that we might be invited to live life and life abundantly. So thank you that everything Isaiah promised was fulfilled by Christ, executed by Christ, and is still available in Christ alone. So may we heed the gospel of the Word who is Jesus Christ. And may we come to him, not just for salvation, but for daily milk, daily bread, daily water that would give us nourishment and strength and joy to finish this race and to go forth and be led with your joy and peace. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing, just as I am. You come as we sing. This invitation is from God. In his word. Thank y'all so much for being here this morning. We pray that God has blessed you. Hope you have a great afternoon. Um, Tonight, there will be no children, no youth, and no adults, but the choir will practice at 5. So feel free to join that, them, and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Any other prayer requests or updates as we close? Amen. Pray for you uh praying specifically for that situation this morning. Um well that's all that I had. Don't forget the shower immediately following for Catherine and Russ. And uh hey it's the season of Thanksgiving already, right? Our year is coming to a close. One night in Bethlehem signups, uh if you were not here when I announced that earlier. And but first there's Thanksgiving. So, Catherine, if you'll lead us in our benediction, please.
2: We're going to sing Give Thanks for the month of Thanksgiving. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. Give thanks. You have a good week.